What's up? Welcome back. I'm excited to be here. I hope you're excited to be here. I'm coming to you from my closet. I always record in my closet, but I just got these new hangers. They're all black and velvet, so my clothes don't fall off my hangers anymore. And so I'm really feeling like I am a classy girl sitting in my closet with all matching black hangers, which I'm like, I am definitely in the mood to record this podcast because I am classy. Today, we are going to be talking about the do's and don'ts of macro tracking. Now, if you do not know what macros are, I'm going to suggest that you go back to episode 21, where I explain macro tracking versus calorie tracking. Macros is short for macronutrients. That is the nutrients that we need in our bodies, and they are proteins, fats, and carbs. We have micronutrients, which are like the vitamins and minerals we need, and then we have macronutrients, which are proteins, fats, and carbs. So that's what I'm referring to. When I am talking about tracking your macros, it is a way of being aware of what nutrition, what nutrients, what proteins, fats, and carbs you are putting in your body to balance them out correctly for whatever your goal are, whether they're weight loss or maintaining or building muscle, they can all be tracked and there's lots of different ways. So macro tracking is not a diet where we are cutting certain foods out or fully like eliminating things or only doing things in certain times. It's a way of being aware of what macronutrients you are putting in your body based on your goals. All right. So now that we've kind of explained that, I am going to talk about the do's and don'ts. And I hope that you find all of these helpful for you in your journey, no matter what your goals are. And honestly, even if you don't track macros, it really doesn't matter because the ideas that I'm going to explain really can go for anyone, whether you intuitive eating with macro awareness or just intuitive eating or whatever you're doing, they can still, all of these can still relate to all of those things. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed, so I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. So we're just going to have a handful of do's and don'ts, and I'm definitely going to start with the don'ts because I don't want you doing these don'ts, and then we'll get into the do's. The first one is I have been asked by clients before or just people in general, can I bank macros? What this means is, can I basically store up macros for an extended period of time to then like have more on the weekend? So whether you track or not, imagine, you know, it's the same idea with calories. Can I eat less calories for a few days to have more on the weekend? Can I eat less macros for a few days to have more on the weekend? It's the same idea. I am going to say, do not do this. 
The reason why is because our body needs a certain amount of nutrition every day. And you're getting in the mindset of like, I'm going to undereat so that I can have more later. But then often your body will get cravings and then you'll end up eating more than you planned later. And then after that, you'll think, well, I ate more than I had planned. So I'll just undereat more the next day to make up for it. And then you're getting back into that cycle of I'm not eating enough. And so then I'm eating too much and then I'm trying to make up for it and I'm eating too little. So I don't like the idea of baking macros while banking them, you know, storing them up for later makes sense in theory. I don't think it's effective long run. And I think it is hard on people mentally to be able to do that and and not have it backfire in the long run. Also, based on your goals, if you're having certain goals to like build muscle and then you're like overdoing it on the weekend and not feeling enough, you know, during those few days where you're banking, and by banking, I'm saying B-A-N-K-I-N-G, like banking them, saving them, then you're not making your goals effective because you need certain amount of proteins and fats and carbs to really build that muscle. And it's the same thing even if you're in a cut, if you're in a slight reduction trying to lose weight, if you go too much under that reduction, then it's going to create binging and cravings, which is worse. So I'm not a fan of that. On the flip side, sometimes people will say, well, I went over by accident yesterday, so can I eat less the next day? I'm also not on that gravy train because, again, I care so much about what is doing for people mentally because mentally you're saying, I did bad yesterday, so now I'm going to punish myself today and make my food intake less. I'm not on that train. I don't believe in that. So no matter whether you're you know, trying to be aware of your food intake with tracking macros or calories or just in general intuitive eating, I don't want you trying to make up for things after if you overdo it or trying to save up your food intake for like a big event in a few days. Now, if you are going to go to dinner, you know, that night, I think it's very normal to be like, you know, I'm going to go to dinner. I know I'm going to have a dessert tonight. So maybe for breakfast, I'm mainly going to eat just, you know, like maybe eggs and like a piece of fruit or whatever else. And for lunch, I'll maybe just have like a normal salad and a snack. So most of my meals don't have as many carbs because I know I'm going to get a great dessert afterwards. That to me is normal. That's moving your macronutrients around for one day. So that's moving stuff around and you're not necessarily cutting things out or trying to do it for multiple days in a row. It's a in a woe. <laughs> Maybe I'll work on my R's too. Someone send me back to kindergarten. I'll work on my R's in a row. (laughs) So that's not doing it for so many days in a row, which again is creating that bad mindset. That's more just shifting your food throughout the day based on what you have going on. And that's normal. If I know I'm going to go on a date with my husband, I'm not going to starve all day because that's ridiculous and that's not healthy. But I might be like, you know, I'm going to have a lighter lunch because I know I'm going to get something bigger at dinner and I'm ending up eating the same amount of food over the day or maybe even a little bit more, but I'm not trying to starve all day. I'm just being aware. And that is normal. That's not necessarily banking macros for a few days. So that's my first thing. I do not suggest banking macros and I do not suggest trying to make up for macros that you ate under or over. Either one to me is going to lead you down a very negative mindset road of like punishment and making up for it. The next thing I'm going to suggest is don't allow yourself to be 
hungry. Hunger doesn't make sense. Hunger is your body telling you that, hey, what you're giving me is not working for me. When you are hungry on a regular basis, that is a sign from your metabolism that you need more food. Now, obviously, there are other factors. When you are on your period, you tend to have cravings. That is normal. That is something that I address with my clients. On their client forms, I ask them, are you on your period? And we talk about that. Every month when I'm on my period, you better believe that I want to eat all the things. But when I know I'm on my period, I'm more aware and I make sure to make some freedom in my diet to be able to have some things that normally I don't all the time, but I'm just a little bit more flexible in that stage. But I also just am hyper aware that like I'm on my period and this is a hormonal shift. So if you are having, you know, increased hunger on your period, that's normal. If you are having increased hunger day in and day out, either A, there's something hormonally off, or B, you're not eating enough food. I literally had a client tell me the other day, how do I control my hunger? I'm getting hungry. And I'm like, you don't control your hunger. Your hunger is your body trying to control you. Your hunger is telling you something. You don't try to like subside it. You have to then increase your food to stop the hunger. You can't just like drink it away with a ton of water. Like, yes, water can help suppress the appetite. But like at the end of the day, if you're hungry on a consistent basis, that is not maintainable and you do not want to be there. That is not realistic. It's going to backfire. It's going to cause you issues down the road. And it actually can hinder your results because as I've talked about in previous episodes, when you're in a calorie deficit too long, then obviously your metabolism slows down to make up for that. So my next don't is don't allow yourself to be hungry on a regular basis. Hunger between meals, normal. That's again a sign from your body that you need to eat. Hunger at the end of the day when all your food is gone on a regular basis, not normal. That means you need to change your macros before you mess up your metabolism. So that's my number two. Don't let yourself get hungry because it makes you get crazy with food. Trust me, trust me, trust me. My last don't is do not obsess. I don't care if you're tracking, if you're on a diet, whatever you're doing. If you are overly obsessed with hitting your numbers, getting this at that meal, always thinking about, you know, what you're doing, then that may be time for you, a signal for you that you need to take a break. Because while I think macro tracking is very effective, I think it teaches people that they can have a little bit of leeway with their choices. I think it teaches people that there's good foods and proteins, fats, and carbs, that they don't need to fear foods, that it's really about balancing them out correctly between the three macronutrients. While those are all good things, it can also make people overly obsessed where they fear social events because what will I do about my macros? Or they fear, you know, oh, well, now I'm, you know, in a car ride and I can't hit my numbers because, you know, my snack melted because <laughs> you're in Arizona. Or maybe that's just me. Literally, my protein bar melted into a puddle of nothing because it's 700 degrees here. <laughs> but like something happens, you're at a baseball game of your kid and you're like, oh no, I can't hit my macros. And then all of a sudden your anxiety is through the roof and then you feel like out of control. That is normally a sign that maybe you're trying to be too controlling and you may need to take a step back. You may need to go back to intuitive eating and not be tracking because if you can't like just sit at a baseball game and enjoy and say, you know what, I'm not perfectly going to hit my numbers, but tomorrow I'm just going to go back to normal. I'm not going to try to undereat or overeat because of what happened tonight. If you can't do that, if you're just so entrenched about it and it's all you can think about, 
you probably need to back off. You're obsessing too much and that's not good for your psyche. No matter what your diet is, no matter what you're doing, when it is starting to control every single event in your life and it's hindering your ability to be even social or even sit at a game or, you know, go on a car ride, like I said, it's hurting you. So I would step back from macros and take a break. Those are my three don'ts. I think they're things that are common, but people tend to overlook and they don't realize that are affecting them in a negative way. Now, my positives, because I am pro tracking. I think it's great, but just like with anything, it can be overdone, it can turn negative, and it can turn obsessive. But there are a lot of really great things about macros. My first tip for macros are plan ahead. So I do want you to plan ahead. For my clients, some of the tips I give them is I tell them to enter the foods they plan to have the next day into their app 15 minutes before they go to bed at night. Now, I'm sure that there are some people sitting there saying, that doesn't seem normal that you would enter your food the night before. Like, that seems obsessive. Here's the thing. Oftentimes, and especially with women I work with, and I bet this happens for you too because you're busy, you got stuff to do. Oftentimes, we have a the next day we have a plan and we start off our day and we just get so busy that we don't eat lunch, we don't have a snack, we don't, you know, we have a half a dinner and then at nine o'clock we're starving and we eat all the things or we just are like, oh, I'm so tired, I'll go to bed and we don't eat anything. So either way, it's a loss because A, you could be starting to undereat on a regular basis or B, you're having like these binges at night because you're not eating all day. If you enter your food the night before, it helps remind you what you are supposed to be doing. So for me, I get super busy. Like I try to do my kids and then I'm working and then, you know, just a lot's going on with a business behind the scenes. And so if I enter my foods the night before, I know, oh my gosh, I need to eat lunch. I know exactly what my lunch is. It's going to take no brain power. It's going to be mindless. I'm going to hurry and go grab it and make it or warm it up and I'm good to go. I know exactly what my snack is. I know exactly what my lunch is. It actually reminds me to have those things and it makes the day of mindless because when you've got a million things going at once, the last thing you want to think is like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry. I don't even know what to eat. So I'm just going to grab this like Twinkie and off I go. It's so much easier if you enter your food into your app the night before, kind of play Tetris, move things around to get the right percents based on your goals for whatever you're doing because that's different for everybody. But it's really going to help if you do it the night before, because then the day of is mindless. I promise you, if I have a busy day, I will always put my food in if I'm tracking the night before. If I'm not tracking, even if I'm just doing intuitive eating, which I do on a regular basis with macro awareness, which is what I like to call it, even if I'm doing that, I still will plan out in my head what exactly I'm going to eat the next day because it's going to make it mindless. And that's the whole point. We don't want to stress you out the next day. I don't want you under eating all day and then feeling terrible at night because you ate all the things because you didn't plan. And I don't want you like just not eating at all because you're so busy, which really it ends up being the same problem. It ends up backfiring. So do plan ahead. Do try to enter your food the night before if you're busy into whatever app you are using. Also, I do suggest dividing your food up by meals. So this is another one of the planning ahead. If you aren't aware and aren't planning ahead, you might get stuck with like 40 grams of protein at night. And then you're like, what the heck am I going to eat of 40 grams of protein at night? And that sounds terrible. Or like, 
you know, 20 grams of fat, whatever. You don't want to get stuck with a whole macronutrient at night. You want to spread it out through the day. So for someone who is especially a beginner or if you're just feeling overwhelmed with learning to track macros, whatever your goals are, I do suggest trying to spread your macros out through your meals And if you plan the night ahead and you enter your food the night ahead, it's so much easier to be like, oh, I have this random allotment of this macro, you know, whatever it is of these carbs left. Let me like increase the amount of carbs I'm having at breakfast, at lunch and, you know, at my snack. So it helps balance things out correctly over the day as well, which is going to help you feel more energized and more positive and less stressed. My last tip to this you know, I guess this is like a part C. <laughs> I'm like making this do plan ahead really long, apparently, is I also suggest if you notice after a day that like, wow, my macros are really off. I'm really under in this area or I'm really over. I always suggest to go back and look at what you did the day before and see what foods like you could increase the portion of to like hit your macros or decrease the portion of. So for example, a lot of times with protein, People are like, I cannot think of any more protein items. I don't know what else to eat. So I will say, go back at the proteins you're already having and slightly increase those portions. So you don't have to think of new ideas. You're not going to have to stuff yourself, but it's just a slight increase. So maybe you're having, you know, four ounces of turkey meat at lunch. Maybe you want to change it to five ounces, or maybe you're having two eggs and an egg white. Maybe you want to change it to two eggs and two egg whites. Or if you're having whatever it is, you just want to slightly increase that portion because you're not going to notice it, you know, meal by meal because it's small bits at a time, but it's going to help you get closer to that macro over the day. And it can do the same thing if you're like, I'm always way over in a certain area and that's not matching my goals. Then instead of just cutting out foods because I hate cutting out foods. I don't like that idea. Just like change the percents, change the portions that you're having. So that's my third, my part C for the do plan ahead. All right. My next tip for things to do is do allow for freedom in your food choices. This is honestly why I love macros because there's so much freedom. I'm basically saying, listen, You have proteins, you have fats, you have carbs. What you choose to fill those numbers with is your choice. I am going to heavily push to my clients to fill them with 80% whole foods, but I'm like, whatever you want to do with that other 20%, that's your choice. If you want to fill some of your carbs and fat with a scoop of ice cream, that's your choice. The rest of the day, sure, use avocado and olives and whatever else that's more healthy, but you do have that freedom to fit those things in. And if you have zero freedom in your numbers, again, it goes back to like, maybe you need to change up your numbers a little bit. If if you can't even fit in like one scoop of ice cream or like one normal size cookie, I'm not talking about like a jumbo bumbo cookie, a normal cookie or like, you know, a piece of chocolate, you probably need to change up your numbers a little bit. You should be able to fit that in. But that's going to be helpful if you do have some freedom. It's not going to help you feel burnt out. It's going to help you feel, you know, not trapped and just to like 
Like you can live a life and you can go to events and parties and still not be like totally this like dieting lunatic because nobody likes that person. That person is intense. And honestly, that person, I feel bad for them because they're not even happy with what's going on. So definitely allow some freedom in your choices. I am a firm believer of 80-20. I did a post even just a couple weeks ago on 80-20. I think it works like a champion. It's good for you mentally. It's good for you physically. So just be aware no matter what you are doing, no matter what your nutritional intake is, I think that 80-20 is totally effective. And my last tip for today is do be patient with yourself and with the process. We live in such a world where everything is fast-paced. Everything is get it now. If I'm curious about something, Google can tell me it within seconds. I go down these crazy rabbit holes because something I want to know, I can find out instantly. And it's just so funny. My husband teases me because I go down really funny, random rabbit holes. Anyway, everything is fast. But the truth is, change and change of our bodies is slower. And sometimes we don't even need to change our bodies. Sometimes they are just fine the way they are. But if you're trying to build muscle or lose a little bit of fat or whatever your goal is, just realize it takes time. I know we see things sometimes happening so fast, but it takes a different amount of time for everyone. I mean, it takes 10 months to actually make a baby. They say nine months, but I'm sorry. It's actually 10 because remember when your period starts and when that baby actually comes, every woman knows this and we wonder why they don't say 10 months. But it takes time. You've gained that weight over 10 months. It's not going to come off in four weeks. And that is normal. That is normal, normal, normal. If you're trying to build muscle, muscle doesn't just pop up overnight. It takes time to build. It is not going to be quick. If whatever you are doing is happening too quick, it's probably a quick fix and it's going to backfire. So you have to be careful of that and also not to look around. So while you're being patient, I want you to not compare. I want you to run your own race. I want you to pay attention, as we talked about last week, just to what you're doing. Keep your horse blinders on like I talked about last week and just run your own race. And you have to be patient. It takes time. Nobody changes overnight. And I know that sometimes on the internet, it makes it look that way. And while some people will have really great changes in 4, 8, 12, 16, 20 weeks, sometimes it just takes time, a different amount of time for everyone. And what I want you to focus on is that there are things happening, whether they're non-scale changes, those are huge. We've already gone over those in other episodes. Non-scale changes, non-scale victories are huge. So I want you to be aware of those. And I want you to just realize, am I steadily going in the right direction? Stop making these goals that are like end goals, like only at the very end. You should have small steps along the way. And no matter what I'm doing, whether it's financial or with my kids or in a relationship or with fitness, sometimes I have to take a step back too and say, I'm starting to get discouraged. So I take that step back and I say, am I genuinely moving in the right direction? And if I am, I need to pat myself on the back and say, keep going, girl. You are doing better than you think you are. So I know we want things fast, but I do want you to be patient. I do want you to realize this is a journey, not a race. It's not going to happen overnight. And again, whether your goal is gaining muscle, losing fat, you know, trying to break an eating disorder, trying to be more balanced, trying to learn to intuitive eat, no matter what your goal is, it's going to take time and you've got to stop beating yourself up and just realize, 
I am taking tiny steps in the right direction. No one climbs a mountain in one giant leap. It is tiny step upon tiny step moving the right direction. So keep in mind those do's. Get those don'ts out of your life. Stop doing them because they're just going to hurt you. And I know that you're going to have success. I know it. I truly love you. You're doing better than you think. Don't give up keep going. I hope this podcast was helpful for you. If it was, I always appreciate if you share it and tag me on any of your social platforms. Um, Instagram's the one I see most common, but anywhere I love the shares anywhere. And don't forget to subscribe. And as always, write me a review. I love reading those. They really do make my day. And I will be back next week with a new topic. All right, we'll chat later.